around the world report inconsistencies in their favorite stories. Are they real, or just a result of having way too much time on your hands? The internet searches for answers on Suck My Fan Theory. Famed author Angelica Pickles has granted a rare public interview. The year is 2000, the dawn of the new millennium, and only one interviewer has the power to draw such an exclusive guest. Oprah Gail Winfrey. Angelica is promoting her powerful memoir, released earlier that month to rave reviews and widespread praise. Tales of a Rugrat, a book that would become a worldwide phenomenon a phenomenon that would catapult Angelica amongst the great thinkers of her age. The book detailed the early life of Miss Pickles and her seven compatriots, Tommy, Chucky, Phil, Lil, Susie, Kimmy, and Dill. They tumble in and out of trouble, inventing delightful imaginary lands and developing together as a diverse group of young children growing up in a post-Nixon America. Their stories captivated young and old readers alike, reminding us all of what it meant to be young at heart. Miss Pickles intended the interview to be a celebratory announcement of her second memoir, Rugrats, All Grown Up. Instead, it became the quintessential gotcha interview as Oprah scrutinized her every word and brought into question the validity of her memoirs. Here is an excerpt from The Fiery Exchange. Dear guests, today we have a very special guest. Please welcome Angelica Pickles! Everybody, I want you to look under your chair. You have a copy of Angelica's book, but don't open it yet. Because it might be fake. So Angelica, literary fraud... How do you respond to accusations that the characters of your book aren't actually real? Ah, yes. Um, I have heard those kooky claims from the fringes of the literary community. The people making those claims have been laughed out of literary circles, and it seems childish for me to even entertain these theories. Excuse the pun. But why have we never heard from Tommy, or Chucky, or Lil? Why not quash these rumors once and for all with a simple public appearance on the Oprah Winfrey show in front of the entire world? The audience has doubts. You have doubts. And you have doubts. And you have doubts. And everybody has doubts. Obviously, I changed their names. What kind of parent would name their twins Lil and Phil? My friends prefer to keep their personal lives intact, unlike me. <laughs> Sometimes I think they made the smarter choice and I'm the crazy one. It took me long enough to convince them to let me write about our childhood. Getting them into public would be impossible. Oprah would continue to grill Miss Pickles for the next 30 minutes. The answers were not satisfactory. This less-than-convincing display would have made headlines had Oprah not, later in that episode, gone on to give everyone in the audience a brand new car. While each attendee went home content with a sparkly new 2001 Chrysler Sebring, the suspicious nature of Angelica's answers faded from the public's memory. This psychological phenomenon has come to be known as Oprah Groupthink. Commonly referred to as Harpo Syndrome, it is the act of complete amnesia in the aftermath of reckless philanthropy. 
A subject will be unable to recall even the most traumatic, life-altering events when that event is immediately followed by receiving free merch. Hear testimony from members of the audience suffering from Harpo Syndrome. Keep in mind, these two poor souls were attending the Oprah Winfrey Show moments after experiencing traumatic events. The first, having just learned he had lost his job and his wife was filing for divorce. The second had slept in too late to attend the free continental breakfast at her La Quinta Inn in Suites. Oh my God, I could not believe that I went to the Oprah f***ing Winfrey show and she gave me a new f***ing car. I don't care if it breaks down after even like three months of driving it or that I have to pay $10,000 of taxes on it. It was a new f***ing car. Angelica Pickles? Who the is that? Imagine this. One moment, you're just a normal person on the street. The next moment, you're whisked away to a fantasy land and Oprah Winfrey is yelling right in your face. Cut to you, cruising down the highway, wind in your hair, in a new 2001 Chrysler Sebring. The tunes are loud, the sun is shining, the AC is already broken, and you are living. Huh? Didn't she write that baby book? I'm not familiar. Do you think it's on cassette so I can listen in my car? So as the public feasted on the saccharine sweet distraction of a new 2001 Chrysler Sebring, a car J.D. Power & Associates called a vehicle, Angelica Pickles was able to escape with her public image untarnished. But a movement began among a group of skeptics who refused to be easily swayed by mid-sized sedans. Internet journalist Eric Dubay, renowned for his work on the Flat Earth Theorem, an expose of the hoax known as paleontology, decided to set about investigating the authenticity of these questions. Following credible leads gleaned from online message boards, Dubay tracked down the author's childhood home in suburban Los Angeles, California. He began searching the only way he knew how, knocking on doors and shouting down old people in the middle of the day hoping to find someone that knew Angelica when she was a child. Yes? Oh, oh hello, young man. What hey. can I do? Hey, I'm looking, uh, I'm looking for Angelica. Hmm, and Angelica, I don't think I Angelica know any... Angelica Pickles. Angelica? The name doesn't ring I a bell. I know she used to live here. Where's Angelica? Ange- are you talking about that young lady who lived down No, the- you know exactly what I'm talking about, you old b- Oh, I'm sorry, I quite don't understand. Why are you lying to the American people? You're lying to me. I'm an American. I I didn't think I'm lying to anybody. You came and knocked on the babies. The freaking babies, you old. What what do you say about the claims that the babies were never real? Babies weren't real. What what babies are you talking? about? The babies. The freaking babies. The rugrats. The freaking rugrats. I know what I'm talking about. Are you trying to say I don't know what I'm talking about? You you need to calm down. No, don't tell me to calm down. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the babies. She's making it up. She's making all of it up. Nixon was a hero. The American people deserve the truth. Bankers funded the experiments on Scooby-Doo. Willy Wonka ran a sex ring. And you need to tell me where Angelica is. After three days, five neighborhoods, and eight separate charges of aggravated trespassing, all of which were later brought to civil court, Dubay uncovered a bombshell. An eyewitness. A person who was actually there. A person who could corroborate Angelica's claims or condemn her. A one Arlene Pickles. Widow and third wife to Louis Grandpa Lou Pickles, Angelica's paternal grandfather. In this shocking, ad-riddled, three-hour tell-all interview posted to YouTube, Dubay uncovers many shocking truths. 
among which are Angelica's reputation as the neighborhood bully, the fact that she changed no names in her memoir, and that most of the children, tragically, never existed at all. Could it be that Angelica was a liar, making things up for her memoirs to manipulate audiences and make millions? Or perhaps something more sinister? What if we said we found a medieval codex, one foretelling the prophecy of a witch duping the world into believing in ghosts? Some believe that this witch is Angelica herself. Others yet say that she wasn't knowingly duping anyone. What if Angelica actually believed everything she wrote in her memoirs, even if none of it was actually true? In her exclusive tell-all interview, Arlene reveals the sad, true story that her step-granddaughter is actually a poor, unfortunate soul. Like many great authors before her, her mind has slipped through the cracks of sanity and ended up in a dazed world based off of half-truths and constructed reality. Some of the claims made in the book are undoubtedly true. Others are the tragic result of a tough childhood. Neglected by her parents and raised in a household marred with grief, Miss Pickles was forced to make up her own friends, all influenced by the melancholic adults her parents associated with. Newspaper clippings from 1985 tell the unfortunate tale of Melinda and Charles Finster, a young mother out for a Sunday drive in the California mountains with her beautiful ginger baby boy, affectionately known as Chucky. The winding roads of the High Sierra are treacherous even in perfect conditions, as they cut in and out of loose rock and skirt perilous cliffs. Adding any hazard to this environment can prove deadly. Every day we leave the comfort of our homes, we play a game of chance with fate. Some win to gamble again tomorrow, others lose, wishing if only they could have had another turn at the table. Melinda Finster woke up that day, not knowing that she would lose. The nearby town of San Bernardino was having a festival to commemorate the life and times of Scooby-Doo. The sponsor for this event was Chiquita Bananas. The mascot of the company, a Carmen Miranda impersonator, was running late and decided to take a shortcut. A shortcut that would lead her into a fateful encounter with the Finster family. Hastily speeding down the road in her convertible sports car, she had forgotten to secure her signature headdress. She had lost her head, the hat had lost a banana, and Melinda Finster lost her life. Father and husband Chaz was devastated at the loss of his life partner and young ginger son. In the court proceedings and newspaper interviews, he is described as a nervous wreck. While recovering from the shock, he spent some time in the home of family and friends, the Pickles. How else could a young Angelica handle the unimaginable grief of a man who had lost everything than by creating an imaginary friend? A son for this unconsolable man, equally as frightful. Oh, poor Chaz was an absolute wreck after Melinda passed. If we weren't careful, he would return to that stretch of highway to keep his mind occupied, just staring at the tire marks left on the ground. He never ate a banana again. In 1973, at the height of the tyrannical reign of Richard M. Nixon, the U.S. Supreme Court decided on Roe v. Wade, a landmark ruling that the regulation of abortion by state and federal government was unconstitutional. 
Not only did this enrage the criminal president, but it also gave women everywhere the right to choose what happens to their bodies. Women like Betty DeVille, a family friend to the Pickles and famous softball player of the time. Arlene Pickles vividly remembers the fights that Betty and her husband Howard would get into at various dinner parties and social functions. Also present at these squabbles, a young Angelica. The constant bickering of the two and growing belly of Miss DeVille allowed for Angelica's imagination to run wild. Believing that a baby would soon come out, but never seeing the result, the young girl made up more friends to join her at her fantastical imaginary tea party. Not knowing whether or not the expected baby was a boy or a girl, she created a set of twins. I wasn't around them for long, but I could tell they weren't getting along. Any time they'd start up screaming about why she wasn't taking her birth control, we'd shoo Angelica away. Encourage her to play with another one of her uncle's failed contraptions. She probably called the boy Phil because she always heard them hollering about the pill. Best to imagine the sister was named Lil because it rhymed. Speaking of her uncle and his failed contraptions, what about Tommy Pickles, Angelica's first cousin and the so-called leader of these rugrats? What about him? Surely she could not live her whole life assuming she was related to someone who does not exist. In fact, that is exactly what she did. Arlene talks fondly of her one-time stepson, Stu, and his dedication to his new family. She describes the joy he felt knowing that he would be a father, taking pride to make all of the toys his son would one day play with. Tragically, she also remembers, with a survivor's clarity, the pain he felt when his son was found to be non-viable. His house became a shrine to the playdates he would never see. Even after he found out, Stu just kept making toys. Mm-hmm. He would disappear into the basement for hours, leaving Dee Dee all alone. At one point, I thought he was going to pull out each one of those precious purple hairs of his. He couldn't bear to have any other children play with them. There you have it. Of the Rugrats, Chucky had died in a car accident, the twins had been aborted, and her own cousin, Tommy Pickles, was painfully taken by the cold, Nixon-like hands of the Grim Reaper before he was ever born. The prophecy from the medieval codex came true, but only partially. A woman made millions believe in ghosts that she herself truly believed in. But what does it matter if she made them up? The stories she tells are just as real as the audiences make them. The skepticisms and questions would have to be confined to the subscribers of Eric Dubay's YouTube channel, a group that numbers in the dozens. We here at Suck My Fan Theory have also found that Arlene is, in no way, related to Angelica Pickles. Her name actually being Arlene Klasky, Eric Dubay's geriatric romantic partner. So, who really knows what the truth is, but quite frankly, who really cares? This all makes for great television. At the end of his interview, Eric Dubay synthesized his findings of his investigation thusly. So that's it, folks. They're turning the frickin' frogs gay, and there's nothing you can do about it. Don't forget to smoke grass, eat a and that the babies were fake the whole time. All grown up. 
More like all made up. Fans around the world report inconsistencies in their favorite stories. Are they real? Or just a result of having way too much time on your hands? Thank you for joining us in our investigations on Suck My Fan Theory. 